Hello and welcome to another episode of Pro Try News. Not your usual host. It's Mark Matthews here, and I'm joined today by none other than Pat Lemieux and Kyle Glass on the road, which is why I'm going to take over the hosting duties. How you doing, Pat? I'm great. Well, look, I mean, we got we got a special guest. We got to just get straight into it. You're you're still in Lanzarote, Mark. Let's just let's just hop into it. Yeah. So, cats reluctantly come to join us for 10 minutes having just come off the back of Lanzarote 70.3 a massive win yeah thanks for having me back again it's a privilege to be on the show but it doesn't come naturally to me (laughs) Kat warning shots were fired yesterday seven seven weeks till the big dance uh of, you know, the first big one of the year, uh, given the year that we're on. But I, you know, we'd heard that preparation was going really well. Uh, you know, I think just talk us through your race. It was obviously a stacked field. You had Jessica Learmont, uh, previous winner, Annie Haug. Um, You know, I think just walk us through your swim, bike, and then finally your, your blazing fast run. Um, so I had a good swim position. We actually started a bit differently to the men because they realized the men's swim start was a bit rogue. It wasn't really working. So they told us to start somewhere else. But I got into good position, got on Lucy Hall's feet for about 50 meters. I actually, I was stood on the shore and there was two of them swimming off the front. I was like, right, that's Lucy, that's Jess. And then some idiots trying to hold their feet. Let's see how long that lasts. Turned out that idiot's can. <laughs> oh. I mean, I was loving life. And if that's how a good swim goes, like I need to keep swimming, I think. Um, but yeah, suddenly I found myself next to Anne and neither one of us were going to give each other some space. So um, I just sat on her feet for the rest of the swim. Um, so to swim with Anne, I was pretty happy with that. In some weird world, I thought I could swim ahead of her, but no, it was good. And Mark told us it was three minutes down to the girls at the front. So actually coming out of the water was sort of already gold standard. And then, um, yeah, I took Anne on the first hill, I think. I knew that I could climb harder than that. And the rest is just as per plan. I, I actually said to Mark, I said I'd hope to take Lucy Hall um, by the first lap and Jess by the second lap. But um, I was making more time out of them on the uphills rather than the downhills, which was interesting. And then, yeah, finished it off with a all right run. All right run. All right run. What it was, was the way you it was a hilly, it's a hilly, twisty course with like eight man-made bridges, and Anne still ran a one sixteen. It was an accurate course, hilly, eight man-made bridges, and Anne ran one sixteen, Cat ran one seventeen. Um, and so the women ended up, you were just nine percent down on the men, which is, to put it in perspective, like Laura Phillip was thirteen and a half percent down on the men in Dubai. Like mm-hmm. nine, the women's field was super fast. Um, and to race against Anne, obviously for me that was really cool, and to have Jess coming up as well. It was it was a really cool atmosphere to have such a unique race field. Um, what do you think about Jess on the road bike? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, stepping up a distance one, but this course, I could see why you could pick that if you were going to do it on a road road bike for the first time. But actually, on reflection, there's so much of the course that you could. I was climbing out the bars, but at the same time, the downhills was. You just needed the speed. Super super fast bits. Like there were 15k stretches averaging 60k an hour. Like if you're on a road bike, you just just no chance. But Cat was climbing faster than her as well, which is where you would expect the road bike to be good. Um, yeah. Let's um. Then let's do this. Give because we know you got to go. Give us what the next seven weeks. What can we see from you? What can we expect before before uh, the first Ironman World Championship in St George? Um, hopefully a little bit of uh, humility and back to my mini ego of just cracking on with the daily sessions day in day out and um, so yeah I'm going to say two and a half weeks of Lanzarote sort of a training camp on my own because I've missing my little um, coach and training group at the moment 
But because uh, then... normally you should go and train with Patrick, but of course Patrick's bust his shoulder up and he's injured a little bit, so it's a solo training camp. Yeah, and then because I can't tolerate too long away from home, I've decided to go home for a couple of weeks first, and then out to St George early. I want to be out on the course early, and we're staying right on the bike course where I stayed before, so. Um, just get out, ride the course lots. I think getting some practice in on that, the bigger climb that wasn't in the 70.3 bit of the bike course for St. George would be really useful. Um, knowing how to ride that fast and the downhills quickly. So, yeah, looking forward to that. All right. And just what I saw on social media, there was a little bit of a crisis with your chain rings, chat. No crisis. No crisis. What at was all. the deal? There's a debate on who's at fault here. Um, <laughs> Yeah, almost certainly me. So Kat bought out um, just a train on. She's, she had a 53-39 chain set on. But given we're talking about these 60K stretches, you want a big boy ring on uh, or big girl ring as it happens. And there's Shimano as well. So you know what trying to get big Shimano rings is like. They're basically pro-issue these days. They're so hard to find. And they only work like per the range. So what actually Kat bought out, she managed to bring out two 53-39 chain sets with her. So she just bought two of the exact same chain set rather than a 56-42 that we had at home. So we begged and borrowed and tried to find one on the island. Obviously, you can't buy them new. They just don't exist, really. And actually, a French pro, uh, Frank, lent us. He, he let me turn up to Club de Santa with a uh, T30 torque bit and take his race bike apart. Um, he wasn't racing. I took it at Frank Goyan, so he's a top lad. And he literally let me butcher his Canyon race bike to steal his chain rings to borrow for a race to then give back. Yeah. And it, it makes a massive difference on a course like that. It's three or four RPM, um, but it allows you to spin up to a speed that you can then cruise at. As you know, Pat, like you need a big ring for time driving fast like that. But we got it done the day before. So I feel like that's part of our prep. Every every time I race, I feel like there's something that goes wrong and Mark just fixes it. I think maybe he's starting to set these traps. So he's needed. People always <laughs> say to me I'm a good bike mechanic, but invariably I'm only just fixing the stuff that I broke myself. So I'm not <laughs> sure that it's that impressive. I love it. Well, Kat, look, we'll let you get, uh, you know, keep recovering, keep celebrating. Uh, great, great start to the season uh, yesterday. And that's got to that's got to feel awesome after a big winter of training. Yeah, I mean, it's six months since the last race, so I was starting to really doubt my power meter that was actually accurate for the last couple of months because it's been pretty decent. So We've been calibrating power meter at home like twice a session. <laughs> like, this can't be right. This power's bullshit. There's no way it's that high. And like pairing it against the Wahoo and against some pedals and trying to, like this power cannot be right. Mark was convinced it was bullshit. Complete bullshit. <laughs> and I was like, I think it go. might be right. Turns out I was, yeah, turns out it's right. Thanks for having me. And well done to all the yeah. other pros who raced, obviously. Awesome. So cats off for dinner. Should we hit the men's up quickly please, before please. we get Sam on? Um, so in the men's race, it was another massive field, but we kind of called it fairly well. Um, Kyle Smith was awesome. He uh, got out of the swim with Clement Mignon um, and a few of them that he, he kind of cracked a gap um, early on. So he dropped Florian and he dropped Leo Berger and Clement Mignon on um, Frank went out ahead. Sorry, Clement Mignon and Kyle Smith went ahead. They had an awesome bike split. Um, but then... Léa Berger um, with Léon Chevalier sort of closed it to about a minute and a half towards the end. Um, and then in the, in the run, Carl Smith hung on for dear life. Um, sorry, two seconds. Um, we've got background noise going on and I was just trying to shut that down. Um, and then Carl Smith got caught with about K to go um, by actually his housemate Leo Berger so they were staying together um, and they were around our house for a, like a food yesterday but Leo Berger and Carl Smith were staying together and Leo did him with about a k to go with a phenomenal run um, and 
uh, rounding off the podium as Florian Anger. It was fast racing, fast riding, um, and a huge field. But most of the people turn up for a first race of the year. It was just good. The atmosphere was great, you know. What else can you tell us that you uh, saw from the women's race, Mark? Anything, anything else of note? Yeah, I mean, like now that Kat's gone and like her modesty can, can go out of the way, um, she's super like reserved and modest about it. Like her bike split was absolutely phenomenal. I'm, I must admit, I thought that she would probably catch um, them with the power she's been putting down, but um, it was it was just phenomenal. Who else was like that? I, I don't think um, Marjorie and Pierre really turned up. We expected a lot more from her. She had a really poor bike and she ran pretty well, but not what we expected. Uh, Lucy Hall rode well. I just think the field was just so, so strong. Um, Anne was good. Like Anne had a much faster swim bike and run than she's had before. So like, I, I, I don't know. I think Jess like struggled with the bike, but you know, she, she lost time on the uphill. She lost time on the run. It's a different sport, but I wouldn't write Anne off for Kona just yet or St. George just yet. You know, she's, she's certainly better at the long distance, but um, no positive for Kat. <laughs> Real positive, actually. Yep. It's starting to it's starting to get a little bit worrying. And then, do you think we'll anticipate? You know, was there any performances on the men's side that that warrant, uh, you know, like a good look, and and that was a good indication of how they're going to perform in Saint George? In I May? think Carl Smith's going to be dangerous. You know, like we sort of forget that he's racing St. George because he qualified in a race in Australia mm-hmm. or whatever, and you know he's living with Jan basically in in Girona doing all his training with him he was super strong on the bike he's a great swimmer he ran really well you know he, he only lost a minute to the average it was a slow run um all round like he ran a 110 or 111 on a, on a very slow course so I think Carl Smith has probably punched an impressive ticket but also Florian Anger ran really well I was surprised to see him get dropped on the bike um because he's normally a really strong cyclist but for me the the, the most impressive man man male performance um, looking for St. George, you know, he got beat by Berger, but Berger was great. He's probably Carl Smith. I think he could be in that race for a long, long time. He'll be at the front of that race for a very long time. And we had one other race this weekend, didn't we? Um, yeah. Which we didn't really cover too much. We had Challenge Puerto Varas. Um, and as expected, Sam Long dominated it. He won by four minutes ahead of Matt Hansen uh, with a 348. He just he, he just really dominated. He was so strong on the bike and just ran really, really well. Um, with Matt Hansen second and Luciano Tacchioni third. Um, and Matt had a two-minute gap. It was quite spread out. And then in the women's, uh, Hayley Chura won by about two minutes ahead of Laura Siddle. And then uh, there was a pretty hefty 11-minute gap back to third place. But nothing really surprising in that race. We still, still can't work out. Why, why did Sam bother? I don't... I can't work that out. Do you think he had 10,000 reasons to bother? Did he, Is that what he won, did he? Oh, I didn't know if he had a start. I'm assuming he had a start fee or something. Oh, uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I'm, um, I'm, I don't, I don't know. I'm just purely speculating, but that would be, uh, you know, I'm assuming, you know, part of it. Yeah, you would think that's probably how um, how he would end up end up down there because it's a pretty small race. I can't imagine you'll get a lot of points for it. It seems like squeezing another race in the season when you don't necessarily need to. But he, you know, he made it look easy, so maybe he only chaffed along yeah. at ninety percent. Yeah, I suppose when you know, given what Sam does, obviously he can going going you know really hard on the bike for two hours and then he gets to you know you don't want to say jog a half marathon but he gets to jog a half marathon 
I mean, prob- I mean, and as you know, like the bike, the long-term fatigue from the bike is actually very little. It doesn't really do anything to you. Yeah. But the, you know, if you can take 5% effort off your run, it's a massive difference, which is a perk for Kat as well. You know, when you're winning a race by five minutes, she could pretty much cruise the run at her own pace. And it means that she's been bouncing around today all jolly and happy. But if you're, if you're in second burying yourself, suddenly it's yeah. a whole different kettle of fish. So Matt Hansen's probably feeling it a lot more than Sam Long is today, I would guess. That's right. I hope my audio doesn't sound too bad because we're in the car, but I think it also we're, we're running into a fine line with Sam as far as building confidence and uh, maybe over. I, the thing is all last year we were like, Sam's overtrained, Sam's overtrained, but he was runner up at 70.3 worlds. So it's almost to the point where we can't even say Sam's overtrained. It's just, he races so much. It builds his confidence to where he understands like what he has to do to put himself in the position for these big races so like depending on how he goes here in two weeks time at oceanside will really be a determination on how he goes into saint george and what his lead up is unfortunately i don't know of any training blocks you can do between in the month between oceanside and saint george no yeah you probably I mean, you, you recover in a day or two. You can bang in another couple of solid weeks and then taper again. Tapering's way shorter these days. You know, we've realized that you don't need to take a week off, that it slows you down. So you probably get a good couple of weeks blocking post-Oceanside. But it, I know what you mean, like building confidence, building into a race. But we're not short of races this year. And we're not short of big races this year. You know, we've got two full-distance world champs. We've got 70.3 world champ. We've got Collins Cup. We've got three PTO races. Like... I don't know if, and he's already done Miami. That's why I'm confused. But like Pat says, if there's 10,000 big reasons to go into it, then uh, I'll, I'll stop talking and say, kudos, mate, well played, good result, easy win. Unsurprising. You know, look, I think uh, just because, Kyle, you mentioned Oceanside, you know, we're, we're two weeks out now. Uh, what, what are we thinking? You know, Mark, on the text thread uh, for the Pro Tri News text thread, there's been a big, there's been a big debate. Uh, are you a bigger fan of Alistair Brownlee or is Talbot a bigger fan of Lionel Sanders? And I think... Uh, no one's a bigger fan of anyone than <laughs> Talbot is of Lionel Sanders. However, yeah, no, that's been our running debate on this, hasn't it? Running debate. Um, and I just think he looks great. I think Alistair looks really good. And before we look forward, i got a story for you, Pat, that you would have loved. Carl Smith told me this yesterday. Well, it's a cone one, mate. It's a cone one. There were no cones. And actually, there were cones on the bike course, and they were terrible and pointless, but let's not worry about that. He was running along, right? And he's got his lead mountain biker with him leading the way, who's got a camera, and he's filming the whole thing, his lead mountain biker. And Carl just hears this, oh, shit, smash. And he looks around, and his lead mountain biker on the run crashed into a cone and fell off mid-ride. <laughs> it's brilliant. You know, I sure, I sure hope that uh, one that the that the lead cyclist is okay, right? That's He's an fine. He's easy, fine. easy way to break a collarbone. Um, but I will revisit that. You know, with these these cones that just get covered all over these run courses. Um, yeah, they're dangerous. You know, there's just no way about it. There's no two ways yeah. about it. So yeah, and on the bike course, they actually sent the lead men the wrong way. So they they ended up on the wrong side of a central reservation because the t- cones were really poor. But luckily. Where Kyle Smith had to go round a roundabout, Leo Bajer's group went the wrong way as well. And he got off his bike, ran across the central reservation and went on to like stayed on the course. So they both pretty much lost the right amount of time because if you'd lose a race by 20 seconds, having been sent the wrong way, yeah. that would have chafed somewhat, I would, I would imagine. But also on the race, Chelsea Burns, 
what doesn't know what she's talking about, it turns out. I'm Laura. Lucy Hall did, in fact, hold Jess Learmoth, and Jess Learmoth did, in fact, get smoked by a bunch of the long-distance girls. So, clearly, Chelsea's too afraid to be on the show. Um, that's why she's not with us today, cowering in shame, I can only imagine. Oh, she And she's not even on to defend herself. Brutal. Yeah, no, it's unfortunate. Now, we were expecting to although, be although, by... although you, got, you, you do got to give her credit. She did just finish a 50K race. Did she? Yeah, second place. Second place. Wow. I didn't know she got so, second. Oh, this is the race yeah. you talked about last week with how much elevation? Like 1,600 metres of elevation or something. 1,600 metres of elevation, yeah. Hey, so. check her out. No wonder she's not on the show. She's having a little nap. Gnarly. Yeah. Although, we, we, we mentioned it a little bit ago about Allie and Lionel. And we even I even brought this up to Lionel a little bit ago. I was like, who's the one beat at... Uh, Oceanside, and he said, Ah, well, it's not me or it's not Allie, it's Sam. Sam's the one on a hot streak. I haven't won a 70.3 in a really long time. And he goes, so cool. uh, Outside of Indian Wells, and he goes, And Allie hasn't raced in nearly two years. So it's it's Allie and me trying to take down the the number one man, Sam, who's on a, on a hot streak right now. So that's just a good way of deflecting pressure. Little, that. A very nice little deflection there. Um, you know, Talbot, just because we are you know, we're, we're here speculating. And, and again, if I bring up the text thread, uh, is Jan Ferdino showing up to Oceanside? No, no, hundred percent. No to Oceanside, but a hundred percent. Yes. To St. George. Yeah. They're off to, I believe he's off to a training camp in Andorra um, yeah, instead yeah. of Oceanside. So he's off training, um, getting the big miles in him and Carl Smith are going and playing games in Andorra, dropping yeah, I- bombs everywhere. I, ch- I chatted to uh, Cam. He said he he allowed Jan to come visit for a couple weeks um, for for no pay. So that, okay. that, that, that's that's Cam's neck of the woods. Oh, okay. But I imagine Cam's got some riding commitments. I can't imagine he's playing games with uh, with the, with Jan. He's probably out riding for Ineos, isn't he? I mean, riding grand monuments and stuff instead. And I think I, 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 I believe I believe Kyle's staying in like uh, Cam's. Uh, workout studio training studio gym got like an aero mattress like i could be corrected on that maybe we could uh, chat with kyle and, and get the uh, full details but i believe he's written the space from cam to stay there i'm not can't imagine that he's slumming it as he can I, I imagine he's got a rather nice little house over there with plenty of spare bedrooms i don't think he's going to be in the basement on the floor of anything that's for sure and look um Talbot and Kyle, you guys are out on the road right now. Tell us, it looks like I see a camera. Talbot, what are you filming? Oh, well, I was at uh, Everyman Jack camp this last week, and then on the way home, we swung by to uh, see Lionel. So I'm here for like less than 30 hours, and we're just trying to get some YouTube content. So Lionel slept in this morning, so the uh, time didn't co-line with uh, the podcast. So we decided we're just going to hop in the car, record the podcast on the road. So. We're just following Lionel shooting and then uh, jumping on uh, on the podcast as well. I'd like to see Lionel a how-to video on how he makes his coffee. That's what I'd like to see this trip. I mean, oh, the last thing we need is more triathlon coffee content. Yeah, more triathlon oh, coffee content and what I eat in a day. And what like, I eat in a day. What I, I eat in a day. It's like a, I'm, I'm bored, but I need to make a YouTube video. No, no, no. Let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. Let's do Kyle eats exactly what Lionel eats for the day. 
I can do that. We can, I can come out here during the summer and we, we can do, do I will say this. We do we do have a big night ahead of us. I ain't trying to do no sponsor plugs, but uh Kyle and I are heading to dinner tonight with Lionel and a pretty uh pretty big uh guy, uh the CEO of Lululemon. So oh, very nice. There you so go. That I was Get one of some decent clothes. myself to come during this during this day. Speaking oh, no. of eating stuff, uh, this morning, Cobbs uh, woke up post race and uh, the zero six fifty. Anne Howard had posted that she was in, off to the gym, and uh, Marjolaine Pierre had posted her breakfast, which was a single egg, some avocado, and some salad. And Kat was going through her Instagram, seeing these things whilst laying on a lilo in the pool, eating a glazed donut off her belly. So she was just drifting around in the pool, eating donuts for breakfast, oh. and up up pops. And Haug's in the gym at 6.50 and Marjolaine Pierre's eating an egg and uh, some salad for breakfast. It's crazy how you can be so different and yet so similar like performances. But I've got one for you, Talbot. On our WhatsApp group, you or the face, whatever group we use is, you said that there's more chance of Lionel podium or winning St. George than there was Cat. How are you feeling about that now? I did. Yeah, you said that on the podcast. No, I did not say that. I said... Um, don't make me bring up evidence. I said outrunning. You said Cat was going to No, 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 no. You said full-on performance. And then Cat jokes, sod that. I'll outrun him, let alone outpace him in place. I don't know. I'd have to double back on that because I think Cat's one of the best Ironman athletes out there right now. Okay, outside maybe. Of, outside of Laura Phillip, I mean, I think that – I think I even said that I think Cat's going to get on the podium in Worlds. We'll, we'll go back and – We'll uh, we'll go back and read it and find out what it is. But I did get I did was like no way cat outruns Lionel, but that's what it was. <laughs> well, we'll fill everyone in next week and see what it was. Oh, yeah. how funny! Okay, well, right. I think cat suddenly feeling pretty confident. One of the uh, one of the Frenchmen at Lanzarote did they have a, a mechanical or an issue? Uh, you mean um, Pierre Lacour? Correct. I think. Yeah, Pierre called DNF'd. I'm actually not... Actually, quite a few people DNF'd. And it wasn't really mechanicals. People just seem to get spat on the hill and ride back down. I, I don't... I, I should know, but I don't actually know what happened to Pierre Um, But they're like David McNamee DNF, like Elias Mayo's DNF. There was quite a lot. Um, the road surface is lovely. Like, it's it's not a puncture territory. It's, you're not going to crash on it either. So, I, I, I don't know. I think um, I think people underestimate just how fast that bike was going to go. Like, Boris Stein still had the fastest bike, but... It, it was a biker's race. And I think usually you see DNFs on the run, don't you? But people were just turning around and rolling back in. They were like, sod it, I've been dropped, I'm out, done. Which is a bit, I don't know, it was a bit odd. But maybe it was, I don't know, maybe there's something in the water. Who knows? But yeah, no, I don't know what happens to Pierre Le mate. But I, I know I, I'm the same as you. I was expecting him to come flying through on the run. He's the chap that's outran uh, Martin Van Riel a couple of weeks ago in Dubai. So he ran like a 107.30 or something truly disgusting. So... Did we lose Mark there for a second? If if, if Alistair was out there training, why didn't he just go ahead and race Lanzarote? What I, do, I, don't, I don't think uh, he's out here, mate. Alistair hates Lanzarote. I'd be surprised if he's out here. Um, do you go to Mallorca? Yeah, he's got a house though in um, in south of Spain, so he he might be down there. I actually haven't checked in to see where he's at, or he might be riding in Mallorca, but he's he's not on Lanzarote. Otherwise, he's also a bit focused and driven. I don't know. He's got like he knows he's got a big season. He's got St George. He's got sub seven in there. He's got to do all the other stuff in between. So yeah, maybe I, I mean if Alistair Brownie had raced yesterday, do I think he'd have won? 
Yeah, probably. Like, but Do you think nah. he's staying? Is he going to stay in the U.S. after Oceanside, or is he going to head back and then come back again? All I know is they're planning on doing a altitude camp in Arizona first, um, uh-huh. and then you know, and then I don't know. I presume he's got like the sub sevens in the U- in Europe, isn't it? It's in Germany, so he's coming back from that. He's got a really exciting team. I can't announce one of his one of the people riding. Well, swimming and running for him is an old rival, so that will be really exciting. Um, but as we guessed as well, once kind of back into Lanzarote, I know we're jumping around and we're going to close out soon, but Lucy Charles Barkley took her name off the start list uh, and didn't race. Um, and I've seen an article on Try 24-7 speculating she might be injured, and I saw another article speculating this. But she's, she's not coming out and saying yes or no herself. So what do we think? Do you reckon... It's it's hard. I, I saw something on Slow Twitch. People had just I, I I'm not on Instagram near as much anymore as I used to be. But they had mentioned on there that she hasn't uploaded a YouTube video in like a month or two, uh, and then she has no photos of her uh, running. So and she's I'm not, not run on Zwift either. She used to run a lot on Zwift. If you notice, she's not posted a run on Zwift in about a month or so. Oof. I I I I. I if you were to speculate, I mean, it looks like it, but then again, she could just be being super quiet, but if she's pulling her name off the start list, that doesn't really tell a good sign, but it, I guess it is really unfortunate because I mean, remember if we were all, you rewind six months ago or wherever, when we were at 70.3 worlds, we were like, I mean, Lucy's the one to beat for a hundred percent say George world championship. And so uh, I sure hope that she's not injured because we would be robbed of an insane, Sane female field with Laura Phillip, Kat, Daniela Reef, Anna Hug. I mean, so many Sky Munch, so many um, female athletes. So I definitely hope not. We're living in a blessed era of the sport at the moment, aren't we? Like, you think about that female lineup, and then you mention the men's with Christian, with Gustav, with Lionel, with Ali, with Jan, with with Carl Smith, with all these people. It's, it's never been... Skipper, yeah, yeah. It's never been this hard to win an Ironman World Champs, I don't think. I don't think there's ever been this close at the front with so many people. You know, you have one or two. You, know, you have a great duo battle. But we've never had both races where there are five people that can win each minimum. That's, that's what we had just talked to Lionel about literally before he started his workout. He's doing one B-level race this year and the... B level race that he's doing this year is Oceanside against Alistair Brownlee, <laughs> against Sam Long. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, all these yeah, races yeah. are world championships. They're PTO tour events. They're, I mean, the, the year, just like what you just said, is going to be, I would say, the most competitive year in triathlon history. I, I would say that. I, I completely agree. Not only that, like, this is a year for a lot of, I would say, your. 50 to 100 ranked PTO athletes to kind of come up the ranks because there's so many of these top 10, 15, 20 pro men and women that are going to be focused, hyper-focused on these A races that they'll be able to go to your 70.3 Chattanooga North American champs. um, Yeah, like, you're right. All all these big prize money races still exist, like Africa championships, like European championships like Roth, like, and you're going to have so few of the big names going to these because they can't because they're racing everything else. You're absolutely right. It's a really good point. You're going to get some 20 ranked, 30 ranked people with a real shot of earning good prize money and a good living this year, which is a positive. And getting good points for end of year bonuses. 
Yeah, but then the good athletes are wrapping up those points at the three PTA races, you would think. And uh, it's still so, because Kat's now moved up. I reckon, I don't know what we'll see in points, but I would be surprised if that's not around the 105, 106 mark, which will yeah. pump her up because she was only 9% behind the winner. You know, she outran Laura Phillip on a much lower course. So we'll see which will take her up to sixth overall. The amazing thing is that still doesn't get her an auto qualifying slot for the European Women's Collins Cup team because That's she'll wild. be sixth rank overall, but fifth European woman. <laughs> That's insane. Wow. That is insane. That is not Brutal, eh? Brutal. So I think that's us for the week, isn't it? Yeah. We've not got much next week. We'll do a big Oceanside preview show next weekend and uh, a nice quick show this week. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to like and subscribe, and we'll catch you next week. Cheers, guys. Take it easy. See ya.